Last week, we talked and we saw that gratitude is a way that we add value to our self. We've been talking about appreciation. And when we appreciate others, we add value to them. But when we appreciate, when we live with appreciation, that brings a grateful and a thankful uh, mindset into our own life. And gratitude is a powerful and a beautiful thing. We said that a grateful life is a great life. And so you add value to your own life with gratitude. We looked at the five traits of grateful people. We saw that grateful people have a great attitude. And a great attitude is, is that's how you win in life. It's how you, that's how you win in your relationships is with a great attitude. We also saw that grateful people have a great capacity to be happy. That gratitude is one of the core ingredients of living a happy life. We saw that grateful people are gracious people. They're full of grace. They're not just grateful, but they're graceful. We saw that grateful people have a tendency and a proclivity to humility, to living a life with humility. And then we saw that grateful people enjoy more joy. So what an amazing way to live. We also saw that we practice gratitude. We actually put it into practice with our words, with the power of our words. Our words pilot us. Our words point us to an attitude of gratitude. We saw in James chapter 3 and verse 4 that a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong, even though the current and the winds might be pushing us one way, but a pilot can take a rudder and go a different way from the flow or the current or the wind. Our tongue is a rudder. And we can change our location. We can choose our direction because we have a new GPS. It's our gratitude positioning system. And you're the captain. You're the pilot. You're the navigator. And you can turn and change that rudder where you want to go. The truth is, you can correct your course. You can adjust your attitude. <laughs> you can alter your ego. Uh, today, I want you to see that you not only have the power to change your attitude, but you can also choose your thoughts. Wow. You have the power to change your attitude, but you can also choose your thoughts. And I know today how easy it is for us here in Sydney and New South Wales especially to have thoughts of anxiety and angst and apprehension. I think most of us, many of us, would find ourselves right now confused and concerned over this whole COVID uh, chaos that we're in today. But 
we are the only species on this planet that can step back and think about what we're thinking about. And the Bible has a lot to say about our thoughts or the thoughts that we think. Proverbs 23 and verse 7 says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Think of that's powerful. As he thinks in his heart, so is he. The Amplified says it this way. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he in behavior. You're going to act and live what you think. Our life is going to reflect the thoughts that we choose. The thoughts that we think. Negative thoughts are going to produce a lot of negativity in our life. Anxious thoughts are going to make us anxious in our living. Stressful thoughts, well, they'll produce distressful living. Worried thoughts produce fear in our life. Proverbs 4.23 says, be careful how you think. Be careful how you think, because your life is shaped by your thoughts. Thoughts that you get to choose. Be careful how you think, because your life is shaped by the thoughts you choose. The International Children's Bible says it like this. Be very careful about what you think your thoughts Run your life. Now look, if your thoughts run your life, then don't let your thoughts run amok. Because you're going where your thoughts are taking you. And just like you can change your attitude, you can choose your thoughts. Jesus teaches this. In Matthew chapter 6, and verse 31, Jesus said, Take no thought saying, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? How are we going to be clothed? Jesus said, take, don't take that thought. Don't take that anxious worry. Don't take that thought. Don't take that fear. Don't take that thought. Don't take it. Jesus said, take no anxious, fretful, fearful thought saying it out loud. We do not have to think every thought that comes into our mind. No. No, we can reject it. We can refuse it. No, I refuse that thought. No, no, I'm not, I'm not going there. I'm, a, I'm married. I have a covenant before God. I'm not, I refuse that thought. Nope, I'm not going to live like, nope, I refuse. We can rebuff thoughts. We can rebuke thoughts. As a matter of fact, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5, it says this. We pull down every proud obstacle that is raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive and make it obey Christ. We don't just let our mind run free. We don't just think every thought that pops into our head. And by the way, you would be well to watch what you're allowing your eyes to see and your mind 
to think? No, we pull down and we take captive every thought and make it obey Christ. I don't just think every thought. I take captives thoughts. Now, family, the truth of the matter is there are some thoughts that if you do not take them captive, they're going to take you captive. If I don't capture some of the thoughts that come into my mind, they're going to capture me. As a matter of fact, the Passion Translation says this. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought. And we insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. You do not have to think any thought that you don't want to think. You are not subject to your thoughts. Your thoughts are subject to you. Philippians 4.8 teaches us how and what to think. As a matter of fact, the last few words of this Passage says, think on these things. What things? Here's how we should think. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue and if there's any praise, think. On these things. I'm looking at this good report here. Whatsoever things are of a good report. Can I tell you right now? You're not getting that on the internet. You're not getting that on channel 7, channel 9, channel 10, SBS, or ABC. No? No. And yet, I'm to think on things that are of a good report. All we're hearing right now is a bad report. The message says it this way. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not Things to curse. You can think about what you're thinking about. The best or the worst. The beautiful or the dreadful. Things to praise or things to curse. The comforting or the confusing. The reliable or the unreliable. But the thoughts you choose, have consequences. We already read in Proverbs 4.23 that your life is shaped by your thoughts, that, that your thoughts are going to run your life. So you can think panic or peace. We read in Philippians 4 and verse 6, be anxious for nothing. That's sort of what Jesus talked about in Matthew 6. Take no thought of anxiety. So 
Paul says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God. Not the anxious, not, 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 not the, the, the panic, but the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, doesn't make any sense in this world or in this current situation, but the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. You can have peace of mind instead of being anxious about everything if you choose your thoughts. You can think peace or panic. You can think temporal or eternal. You can think what's above or what's below. Colossians 3 and verse 2 says, fix your thoughts. Come on, that's what some of us need to do today is fix our thoughts. Fix your thoughts on things that are above and not on things on the earth. You see, the earth is temporal. You are eternal. The earth is passing away. And you are going from glory to glory. The earth is fading. And you are shining. Think upward. Not downward. Think heavenly, not earthly. The message translates that verse like this. Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. I can think my thoughts, or I can get in there with him and think his thoughts. I can see from my perspective, or I can get close to him and see from his perspective. His perspective is not temporal. It's eternal. 1 Corinthians 7.31 says... We are to live as those who live in the world system, but are not absorbed by it. For the world, as we know it, is quickly passing away. COVID is temporal. Lockdown is temporal. Governments are temporal. But the bride of Jesus Christ will outlive outlast, and outshine everything. You can think of the misery of the moment, or you can think of the majesty of the Almighty. They're your thoughts. You choose them. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 47, I beg your pardon, 17 this world and its desires are in the process of passing away. 
But those who love to do the will of God will live forever. Those who love to do the will of God will live forever. You will live forever. I'm talking to you who loves to do the will of God. You will live forever. There is no trial. There is no trouble. There is no tribulation that you will not outlive. One day you will look back on every trial and every tribulation, and it will be just a little bump in the road. Uh, the road of glory that just keeps leading you further and further into God and into eternity. Choose your thoughts. Don't let Facebook and Twitter and Instagram choose them for you. Don't let this theory and that theory and this thing coming and that thing coming. Don't let them choose your thoughts for you. Don't have the mind of the crowd. Have the mind of Christ. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Don't let the world control your conversation. Philippians 3.20 says, For our conversation is in heaven. This word, conversation, it's a fascinating word in the Greek. Politioma. Politioma has three Translate, it can be translated three different ways. The first is conversation. And that's what we read in the King James Version. Your conversation is in heaven. But it also can be translated citizenship. And the New King James Version translates it like this. For our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. My citizenship is in heaven. My temporal visa is here on earth. Now, I have an Australian citizenship, and I'm honored. And I have an American citizenship. And I have these two passports, but they fade in comparison to my true citizenship, which is in heaven. Now, this word, politioma, can also mean a community, the gathering of who we are as a community. And the Passion translates it like this. But we are a colony of heaven on earth. As we cling tightly to our life giver, the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Imaginations Church, we are a colony of heaven on earth. Think about what you're thinking about. Think about it. Think better. Think higher. Think clearer. Because you can choose your thoughts. We read in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. By Changing the way you think, you will be transformed into a new person. With God and his transforming help, we can change the way we think. Do you know what fear is? 
fear is a thought. Do you know what worry is? Worry is a thought. Do you know what anxiety is? Anxiety is a thought. Do you know what dread is? Dread is a thought. And do you know what we take with us into lockdown? Our thoughts. And we can choose our thoughts even in lockdown. Two and a half thousand years ago, 2,400 years ago, something worse than a pandemic was facing the Jews. It wasn't pandemic. It was annihilation. It was a genocide. And when the Jews were in captivity, a decree had gone out. A date had been set that all the Jewish people would be killed on this particular day and on this particular date. And all of their homes and resources could be plundered. It was decreed. It was signed. It was in place. It was like decreed by the Medes and the Persians, and it could not be reversed. And yet at that time, in that captivity, Esther was the queen of the king who had sanctioned the decree through a wicked man named Haman. Now, you can read this whole story in the book of Esther, but Esther's closest kin, Mordecai, more like a father to her, I think he was a cousin or an uncle. But this is not pandemic. This is genocide. And so Mordecai sends a message to Esther. And in this message, he sows in her mind a thought. A thought that obviously she's not been thinking. A thought. He sows a thought in her mind. And I'll read you the little note that he sent her. It's about a paragraph long. It was just this little note. But in this note, he plants a seed for her to think about. So here's what we read. Chapter 4, verse 13. He says to Esther, do not think. Oh, we can just stop right there. He's telling her right now, don't think this. Do not. He's teaching her. He's showing her how she should think in this pending genocide. And he says, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. No, don't think that because you're the queen, you're going to escape. Don't think when all of us are laying dead in the streets that you will still be alive. This is what he's telling her. Don't think that you will escape. He says, for if you remain completely silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet, so when he says yet, he's wanting her to think this. Don't think this, but think this. And here's the thought he sows in her mind. Yet, who knows whether you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And he sows 
that radical, kind of crazy, she just, wow, thought into her mind. Maybe you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. And a time like this was a terrible and a terrifying time. Doom was pending and the clock was ticking. But a thought begins to grow in Esther's mind. What if I have come in to the kingdom for such a time as this? What if, what if that's why I, out of all the women of the nation, a Jewish girl, I'm the queen. And what if, what if I was born for a time like this? Not, oh, I wish I was never born in a time like this. No. No, what if I was? What? And this thought, she begins to think this thought. And as she begins to think it and meditate on it, she begins to believe it. She begins to believe that she was born for such a time as this. And that thought changed everything. That thought moved Esther. That thought made her rise up, go into the king at the risk of death, whatever. She was born for this. She was born for a time like this. And that thought delivered the entire nation. What if I change my mind about what's going on in the world today or in Australia today or in Sydney today? What if I believe I was born for such a time as this? What if God has raised us up and put us together in this nation, in this state in this city for such a time as this what if god has raised up imagination's church to be a hope and a help and a light to people who sit around us in desperation frightened and fearful jesus said that we are the salt of the earth and that we are the light of the world what if God has raised you and your family up to be salt and light to those around you for such a time as this? What if every time I hear another fearful or frightful report or another doom and gloom, what if every time I hear something like that, I open my mouth and I say, I was born for such a time. just a thought it's just a thought but you can choose your thoughts and your life is being shaped by your thoughts this pandemic is like a giant it's like this huge giant that looms before us like a Goliath, ranting and relentlessly striking fear into our hearts. Now, one thing I know 
about giants. Giants introduce us to ourselves. You don't really know who you are until you are standing in front of a mocking and jeering and intimidating giant. You don't know who you are until you stand before a giant. He will introduce you to yourself. When Saul's army stood before Goliath, there he was in the valley of Elah, ranting and raving. And Saul's army stood before Goliath, and their thinking, their thoughts were, dude, this guy is way, 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 way too big and bad. This guy is way, way, way too mean. This guy is way, way, way more than my, my match. This guy's way too big. I'm not stepping down there and fighting him. I'm not stepping down there and hitting him. And yet David stood before the same giant. And he had a thought. He was thinking he was way, 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 way too big to miss. How can I miss this guy? I can hit this guy between the eyes with my eyes closed. This guy's as big as a barn. How could I miss him? What are you thinking about this giant that's standing in front of you today? You need to think about what you're thinking about. You can choose your thoughts. You can subdue them and bring them into captivity and make them obey Jesus Christ. Stand with me this week. Every time you hear a negative report, every time you see a politician that's confused and doesn't know what to do, every time you hear this theory or that theory, put your shoulders back, look up and say, I was for such a time as this.